Okay, everybody, this is Cygnus Obi-Wan Reconstruction. I am your humble reader, beta reader number three. And let's get started. Cygnus Obi-Wan Reconstruction, Chapter 1, TK. Signal lost. I sighed, readjusting my eyes to analog only. The Undercity went quiet. Corporate police weren't welcome here anyway, and everyone knew who I was. I stepped over broken metal and rusted out electronics in the illegal tenement. He was here. The AI showed his last tracked position deep in the slums. Where are you hiding? The buildings sat like broken boxes, one on top of the other, stacked plasteel ribbed in corrugated metal and dust. In the deep undercity, it was always dark. I tripped my night vision in one eye, just in case. Someone moved in the box next to me, but I couldn't tell if it was their home shifting on a broken foundation or someone running. I let the sound fade away and moved deeper into the tenement, trying to walk quietly around debris and botched electrical cables draped like vines along the former street. He was here. I could taste it, almost. Sort of a humming in the back of my head that only happened sometimes, when I was close. I looked up. Golden orange light bathed the walkways and maglev elevated trains rushing in mid-level, linking building pi pillars that shot higher than my neck could bend. Query, feed me a dead cat. What? My eyes settled on scrawled graffiti next to me as my AI came back online. Feed me a dead cat. The words stuck out in white on the smog black concrete. The number 10 looked hastily blocked under it. Query, not found. I ran my glove along the words and felt breathing vibrations in the solid surface. Harsh breathing that echoed right into my audio amplifiers. He is still here. My AI threw up a three-dimensional map image of the tenement I was standing in front of, thermal readings showing heat curled up behind the wall. Him? Unconfirmed. Regardless, it didn't matter. I opened the door. A woman froze. Invalid target. The heat map made me turn to the right, pushing my hands against what looked like a wall, but showed a different density signature. It gave way, revealing him. The boy looked back at me, and I felt a rush of accomplishment, hidden safe behind my faceplate. Asset OENV144, you are under arrest for disengaging from server uplink without authority. He twisted something at his feet and fell through the floor as a secret panel opened beneath him, escaping. The woman hit me with two magnets, temporarily shorting out my web connection, and I felt a momentary rush of disappointment. But I hadn't eliminated her as a threat. Sloppy. But I let her finish the attack, ignoring her as I let my uplink fail and my body follow the boy on analog, feeling my organic computer registering the experience in my hard drive. This will be a useful learning experience for my brothers and sisters, I thought, appreciatively, as my legs hit something solid below me in the dark with a disturbingly hard impact. Damage registered, mild, no repairs necessary. The tunnel we'd followed into twisted sharply and emerged under one of the maglev stations. I could see the boy flying from walkway to walkway as he tried to make it to the station, shoving people aside. Illegal augmentation, I thought appreciatively, admiring his speed and fluidity. But well done. Almost poetic as he leapt, silhouetted against the LED lights from above. I crouched and revved my exoskeleton, feeling hydraulics trigger as I shot into the air, slamming into his soft skin, letting his weight settle on me as I knelt on one of the pedestrian bridges, feeling my systems recover. 
Damage registered, moderate, hydraulic failure 0.2%, impact recalibration required, sedative administered, resupply required. A wide circle formed around me as people stared, uncomfortably turning their backs or hurrying away. No one likes a monster. Signal received. Send message? Yes. Message ready. Target acquired. Moving to detention sequence. Please stand by for drop-off. Received. Confirmed. Detention area 412 approved. Acknowledged. The drop-off was uneventful. Low-grade offenders were simply put in a box and shipped to wherever. I didn't know, and no one ever asked. The whole system was fully automated. I disengaged from the console and watched the boy disappear into the distance on the air conveyor. Query. Feed me a dead cat. I asked my AI, remembering the graffiti. Query returned. No information found. Huh. The word seemed stuck in my mind, both digital and analog, for some reason. Something about monsters. I looked at my forearm. I still had four hours on my shift with no pickup scheduled. Slow day. Perhaps I can go there. My place. Just on the outskirts of my patrol territory. The place where the old river met what used to be the original terraform modular station. The borderlands of the city of the sea. It pulled me for some reason. I walked to the train. There were three advantages to being a police officer. Three that I could think of, at least. First, I didn't need a pass card to transfer districts. Second, I got my own room. And third, I could read whatever I wanted in the archives. Some of the older books talked about a time before net neutrality, but for a couple hundred years now, digital was censored. Only corporate and federal authorized employees had clearance to read. I felt luxurious as I mentally touched the file waiting in my hard drive. Atlas shrugged. It was old, very old, and I was very lucky to get to read it. No one looked at me as I slipped onto the car and the train plate trip pulled away. Everyone kept their eyes fixed anywhere but me. Because they are guilty or because they are afraid? Query. Not found. I savored the book waiting for me and ignored my digital brain. The last station on the Phoenix Blue Line was in bad shape. The platform had holes and jagged concrete clumsily patched with plasteel. The track wobbled and the train had to slow significantly just to make the final turn. It made the same hum and whine each time, and I felt a little burst of anticipation, with the usual vague displeasure, as my AI noted the emotional noncompliance, and immediately chemically suppressed it. I didn't know how to deactivate that portion of my brain, or even if it was possible. As the doors of the car whooshed open, I was the only one to disembark. The ancient pedestrian bridge only stretched a few hundred feet before I could see its spine of girders and rusted metal as it broke apart and disappeared into the tenements below. No one should be living here. No one could, as far as I could understand. But each time I came, the landscape looked different, manipulated in the way that only humans could. I never checked, though. If people had to live here, they deserved to live in what peace they could find. I felt my AI register the noncompliance and closed my eyes in irritation at my small rebellion. Non-compliance with Habitation Directive 334-220 and 1118 is a finable offense. Detention and registration is recommended. Hush, you stupid thing. Query. Not found. Non-conformance will be registered with the UTM corporate file. Understood. The sun was setting. Especially here in the ruins of the canyon-like habitation warren of residential and industrial buildings. My favorite time on shift. I sat on the broken bridge facing the city, 
feeling the reflection of the upper skin, upper sun on my skin through the faceplate. It happened so rarely. I pulled it off so I could really feel it, deactivating my respirator and removing the rest of the head protection, including my interface goggles. It was golden. The light, I mean. The smog lit up with colors I never got to see in the lower city. Greens, purples, reds from the artificial light got diffused and mingled with the golden sunlight reflected off of pale blue patches of the atmosphere. I let my legs dangle off the sides and mentally opened my new book. Who is John Galt? My shift ended. I felt a little vibration and soft chime against my AI as I stepped off the train near my station. My skin suit shimmered and changed to a soft neutral gray instead of the official brown. I touched the acknowledge indicator and felt my AI upload my GPS coordinates and partial incident reports from the day. I wonder what they think of me reading and spending all that time at Phoenix Blue Line. The thought slipped in regularly, but no one had reprimanded me yet. It was unusual enough for a clone to read. None of my brothers or sisters seemed to want to, even though they had the authority. They used their AIs to translate everything and feed them information. I didn't even know how I learned. Maybe there's no way for them to know, since I shouldn't be able to in the first place? Curious. Regardless, no one had come to wipe my memory or yell at me about it. Therefore, silence means assent. Medical Station 223 loomed in front of me. Corporate protocol meant that I needed to check in with appropriate repair personnel any time I registered damage, even if I was reasonably certain I could fix it myself. Considering that it had to be done on my free time and not on shift, and that there were too many cyborgs assigned to too few stations, it looked like I wouldn't be getting much time to myself tonight. A dirty download and an hour or so of recharge. I sighed. So disappointing. I had hoped for a break. The inside smelled like stress and chlorine, and I felt my biomarkers jump in discomfort before being throttled back. There was a long line. I registered with the intake console and found a wall to lean against, opening up Atlas Shrugged and trying to ignore the various types of fluids and discomfort surrounding me. Download complete. You got in late last night. MJ7's deep voice rumbled next to me. Rough day? No. I sighed a little and disengaged from the link, rubbing my hand. For some reason it got hot every time I connected to the main server. My analog and organic brain roared back into my head, shoving out the confusing rain of sensory nonsense that the digital version always dumped in there. Just the usual. No reason for me to go to a repair station, but there you go. I'm down a few hundred credits and lost my night. But I am. I pitched my voice to sound like our HR representative and rules trainer. 100% compliant with corporate policy. MJ7 chuckled appreciatively. It's what I like about you, Zero. Always a stickler for the rules, even when no one else is. You keep following them, the corporation is going to bury you. Oh, like you're one to talk. Nah, the trick is just doing enough that they think you're compliant, and screwing them over the rest of the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure, he grinned. Pretty sure they're listening to us right now, huh? He shrugged. I've got so many new body parts, if they recycle me, they're going to lose a shit ton of money. Ugh. Hey, MJ, have you ever heard of a hybrid buying out? Nope. Pretty sure that's bullshit. Human resources feeds us just to keep the lie of hope going. I looked at him in confusion. You know, you're a miserable bastard. It's 5 a.m. You wake me up to crush my dreams before my shift even starts. Why? What did I ever do to you? He gave me another grin. Rise and shine, TK0. You've got Undercity District 8 again. I checked your log. My shoulders slumped. 
Shit, I hate Undercity. Join the club. Where are you today? Mid, 24. I sighed again. Why do I always get Undercity? Because UTM hates you, of course. Have fun. My head itched. That was the only way to describe it. Some sort of chemical imbalance that my AI couldn't sense. Something interesting was happening. I opened my duty log and registered my pickups, clocking in and stepping into mid-city station shadows on my way down to the deepness of Undercity. The usual hum of traffic and electronics greeted me. I turned my police link down low, letting it burble in the background of my brain, trusting my AI to notify me if anyone called. Something was definitely different today. A personal transport rolled past. A man leaned out as it came close to me. It stopped. Feed me a dead cat, he said. The transport accelerated. Wait! Query, license number. Query, return, not found. Query, track vehicle. Query, return, error, no vehicle identified. What? I tried to follow the transport in the air lanes, but the swirl of people closed around it, if it was even there in the first place. I tried to picture the man's face, but only came up with a blank white canvas, the number 8 printed on it. Query, run self-diagnostic, systems check. Query, return, all systems functioning within normal parameters. I pulled my glove off and touched my faceplate, just to make sure I was still here. Still something. Felt normal. My hand looked normal. The blue-black skin and conduit ports looked like they had since my memory and the AI had come online. How long was that? Query return. 6.7 standard cycles active. Thank you. Query return. Not found. I tried to ignore the sense of hesitation, a small creeping sense of madness, and headed to my first pickup. If they go in easy, maybe I can even make it to the bridge. A small reward. Just one small scent of freedom to be outside the city, alone, in someone else's dream. Who is John Galt? Days all normally ran together. There was the download, the work, the repair station. Fuzzy faces of the targets drifting past as I apprehended them or searched for them and then dumped them into the collection facility. Days and nights blended into a nonsensical collection of numbers triggering behavior, all controlled from my forearm. Sometimes I could talk to others. Most times, all I could hear was my breathing in my mask and the tinny reminders of my AI echoing in my head. No one came near me. Streets cleared. It was normally just me and the undercity itself, ruined and splotched with jagged edges. Silent. But not today. Today, I had been instructed to meet at a station. Today, there were people all around me. Today, I could hear more than my own thoughts. Today I could hear hundreds, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. Riot gear made me itch. It had to be a psychosomatic response, because there was no physical reason why the armor should feel any different than a thick skin suit or a biosuit, but it still itched. My breathing was elevated, high levels of stress hormones that my blood chemistry tried to scrub. No luck. It was terror, or my version of it anyway. The humans were demonstrating against something. They were usually demonstrating against something. My job was to stand here and make sure that the businesses were protected, that corporate didn't lose too much money. I felt MJ-7 next to me. His presence was comforting, although his breathing sounded like mine. Someone threw something at me, but it bounced off my shield harmlessly. There was an angry shout, but I couldn't understand them. Monster? Is that what she said? Stay where you are, Bravo Squad. No retaliation. Chief's voice was calm in our implants. 
We're just here to make sure nothing gets too badly broken. What if we get damaged? I thought, seeing another missile headed for me. I leaned into my shield and felt the solid impact and spray of something unidentified. Flames licked around the edges and I felt my heart rate kick up. They're getting a lot closer, Chief. I could feel a rumble around us, some sort of trembling violence that made my hands shake. I shoved them further into the lock-ins of my shield, and unconsciously I leaned towards MJ and felt him shaking too. I hated riot duty. It had been happening a lot lately. I knew this block. Last week, two citizens had been killed down here under complex circumstances, and another before that. Three riots in six months. Undercity was seething. Too many coincidences. Something just isn't right here. Besides the obvious, poverty and, and desperation aren't enough. Relax, Zero, MJ subbed to me. If it gets too bad, Chief will just strafe him. If anything, that thought made things worse. I don't want to hurt anybody, I subbed back to him. Then you're in the long wrong line of work. Yeah, like I had any choice. My breath seemed very loud in my helmet, and very fast. No one talked. Only the noises from the protesters seemed real, sort of a slow-motion pantomime of rage. Someone threw something that thunked into my shield again. I tried to take deep breaths and let the chemical scrubbers moderate my, re my reaction, but it wasn't terribly helpful. The signs and shouting all morphed into a blur of shapes and sounds, dissociative and jarring. Monsters, I heard. Freaks. Corporate whores. I didn't feel like a corporate whore. Attention, all citizens. This is an unauthorized gathering in violation of local statutes. Please return to your homes peacefully. Chief's voice rang out above the din, comforting and authoritative. No one listened. You took our homes, pig! Someone shouted from the crowd. Fuck you! rang out. The crowd roiled, something seeming to push them forward. I saw him coming towards me in slow motion. He was skinny, pale, his teeth were crooked. He grabbed my shield and tore it out of my hands, going for my face. It seemed to be happening to someone else, though, all at half speed. I let him, and I let time draw out as he pulled me from the formation. He couldn't see my face inside the helmet, but I could see his eyes. They were like mine. I wanted to see them. I wanted to know what it was like to be human, to feel like him. And then MJ was there. He brought his truncheon down on the man's head just above his ear and kicked him in the gut, dragging me back to the formation. I leaned on him for a second as I fished my shield out of the red dust and brought my shoulders back next to him. Thanks, I subbed. Get your head out of your ass, Zero. I swallowed and leaned into the force as the crowd broke against our line, screaming heavy impacts against us as the peace officers leaned into each other, phalanx style and support drones dropped gas and fireworks trying to disperse everyone. If anything, it seemed to make them more upset. I gripped my teeth and pulled the clone to my left closer even as I grabbed MJ's locking handle to make the line tighter. Make a hole, somebody shouted on the sub-channel. Armor coming through! The clone to my left pulled away and I rotated to see the big, heavy troop carriers fitted with machine guns and flamethrowers roll up to the wave of angry people. I saw the crest, black and bold, on the side of the machine. Protect and serve encircled a black shield. Protect and serve who, I wondered, before someone pulled me to the ground. Get the fuck down! As long plumes of flame shot out of the guns and teeth vibrating shots pumped out of the fifty caliber rotating back and forth, I closed my eyes and turned off my audio. 
The transport home was quiet. Too quiet. Everyone except me and MJ was asleep. The second the hatch had closed on the transport, we all had the illusion of safety, and everyone drifted off into dreamland, downing, downloading their reports to corporate. Every time. Except this one. I couldn't sleep. As we were loading up, I'd seen the red coroner clones coming to field dress and remove the human bodies. The non-corporate citizens. What was left of the riot. MJ had to pull me into the transport. I shuddered, remembering, and tasted bile in the back of my throat. What the fuck is wrong with you, Zero? MJ subbed, feeling me still awake. The transport hummed underneath us, and I felt him shift restlessly next to me. The sub-vocal channels couldn't really convey intonation, but I sensed anger and a lot of fear. I didn't know how to respond. You know what they do to clones that can't deal. They recycle them. They decompile them. You want that? He asked. I swallowed. No. Well, get your shit together before someone notices. I don't know what happened. Just don't do it again. I don't know what's been going on with you lately, but I won't be around to pull your butt out next time. I know. My throat felt thick. Thank you for today, I mean. Shut up. He grumbled, wedging his helmet between the wall and the gun anchor. Go to sleep. But I couldn't. Maybe not ever again. I felt my weapon in my hand. It was heavy. My brothers and sisters were asleep. So little effort, I thought, letting my elbows fall onto my knees. So little effort to just make it all stop. I breathed out and let the muzzle brush my headgear. No, that would never do. Who tries to shoot themselves while wearing a ballistic helmet? I took it off, letting the weapon brush my unprotected skull instead. Please, it would be so easy. MJ shifted next to me. In a flash, shame and responsibility made me holster it and replace my headgear. Just another face. Nothing to see here. My hands shook. I'm nothing. Just another number. What was I thinking, killing myself here? Asshole. Error. Biosystem nonconformity has been noted. Your supervisor has been notified. Shit. I leaned my head back against the transport and let my biosensors try to stop the swell of fear, guilt, and self-hate running through my blood. Attention. Request assistance. Coordinate 446.77.1. Undercity. Port District. All available units please respond. Acknowledged. I saw my map projected inside my goggles and felt my exoskeleton gear up to respond. I flung myself into the maze of tunnels and transports, catching myself on support pillars, walkways, awnings, whatever came to my path with long, loping strides. Leaps that made me feel powerful as the sit-rep scrolled inside my head. Corporate detainee, two perpetrators resisting arrest, one cyborg disabled, one human officer disabled, use of deadly force authorized, taser track to follow, two additional persons of interest. I flew. Loving the feeling of freedom, even as my biosensors dampened the adrenaline surging through me. Responding, TK 0454675, ETA, 5 minutes. Acknowledged. The human was down, bleeding. The cyborg, comatose. A person leaned over the cyborg, pushing something into its thoracic cavity. I pulled my weapon and fired three times at the person. Two center of mass, one headshot. It fell as its head exploded. Blood hemorrhaged. 
But a flash of movement showed me another perpetrator, one that was moving fast along the wires and steel girders that surrounded the warehouse area. This one was as fast and strong as me, which surprised me. I took off after it. Target 1 disabled, I reported. In pursuit, Target 2. Request medical assistance. Federal. Human supervisor wounded. Acknowledged. I leapt from building to building, feeling the electronic leash singing the marked location. Closer. Closer. I stopped, paused on the threshold of another tenement ledge, one foot raised, frozen, as music started in my head. Someone was behind me. Someone who shouldn't be behind me, as my AI showed the tracker vanishing further and further away from the scene. I turned, letting my foot drop, seeing the girl with the gun standing in front of me. She had blue eyes. Feed me a dead cat, she said, you motherfucking monster. Fire, fire, fire. The impact blew me off my feet, over the ledge. I fell. Query. Feed me a dead cat. Query return. Not found. Emergency, emergency, emergency. I felt metal and bones crunch, felt biosensors kick into overdrive, felt fluid rushing out of me, and felt my brains, both of them, shutting down. Fire, fire, fire. My soul is burning, I thought, irrelevant, dizzy with gravity. What's a soul? I woke up in the sun. I felt soft, relaxed. My hands were brown, not blue-black. Soft skin without conduits. I was wearing clothing, not a skin suit. There were green things around me, living things. I reached out to touch them. A little hum greeted me. I felt life. I was in a forest. The sky was blue and clear. There was no dust, no smog, no buildings. Clouds? What is this? I sat up. Water ran next to me, framed by the rocks, covered with something green and flexible. There were chiming noises, melodic and regular. Bird songs? Where am I? No one answered. Is anyone here? I tried to get up and felt plain bones and muscles. No hydraulics, no hum of electric exoskeletons. Is this what I looked like before? Wait, before what? The thought slid away before I could hold it. I cupped my hands to shout, Hello? You don't need to yell. There was a girl. Where did she come from? Oh, I've been here the whole time. You just can't pay attention unless your stupid AI puts it in front of your face. Her skin was pale and smooth, like mine. And her hair was brown-black. When she moved her head, stripes of gold moved through it. Who are you? She waved the question off. I'm no one. And then paused. Well, no one you would care about anyway. Another pause. You know you're dead, right? I blinked. No, I didn't know. She nodded again. You're dead again. You keep coming back, though. They must like you. Who? Oh, no one really. Just managers. They're not real people anyway. She said on a sigh, languidly reaching out to an insect. It was pretty, iridescent, pearly blue wings, symmetrical. We do this each time, and each time you forget. Frankly, I'm tired of trying. I felt hurt. Something unnamed, sad, seemed to crawl up somewhere inside me. I don't understand. She gently flicked the butterfly away. You never do. I don't understand. She got up and moved very close to me. 
She was so small, so tiny, she had to reach up to pull my head down to her level. Her eyes were blue. She put her thumb between my eyes and I smelled the forest, like she had distilled it to a single scent and smudged it on my forehead. Remember. Please remember. I tried to pull away, but her eyes seemed bigger, more brilliant, faceted bits of light reflecting more colors than I knew existed. Remember, she said again. I couldn't pull away. Her hand was too tight. The scent was too much. Wake up, she screamed at me, and my vision filled with light, white light, burning white light everywhere. The girl was gone. I was sitting in a white barren room behind a white table on a white chair. MJ-7 sat in front of me. He was smiling. TK-0454675, you have been reformatted. What? Damage sustained in your last duty cycle prohibited you from being retained as a UTM asset in current configuration. Please stand by for a patch. Acknowledged. Standing by. The words seemed to belong to someone else, as if I was saying something so automatic I couldn't close my mouth anymore. MJ handed me a red folder. A red button appeared on the table. By accepting this patch, you agree to all terms and conditions set by UTM for the revival, maintenance, and information collection in UTM biological asset management. I didn't want to read the folder. I didn't want to hit the button. I looked back at MJ. I don't want this. He kept smiling. Failure to accept the terms and conditions will result in immediate decompilation and recycle. What does that even mean? His smile widened. You know what it means. I handed him back the red folder. I do not accept. Too bad, he said, hitting the red button. You're under contract. Failure to voluntarily agree allows the company to execute an involuntary service clause within your contract. He handed me a blue folder. I handed it back. I do not accept. His smile faded. Something almost like pity seemed to reach across his face. Very well. Initiate memory dump. Partial reformatting will occur in three, two, one. I woke up. Welcome back. A human was looking at me. He seemed to be expecting a response. I did not comply. I seemed to have forgotten how to speak. I tried to lift my arms, but noticed I was strapped to a hard white table. The man peered at me, and I looked steadily back. Ah, he said, so that's the way of it. No worries, little friend, no worries. He rotated my arm to show me the inside of my forearm. This is you, see? TK0454675. I'm going to reboot you with some default settings and see if we can't pull your last download to restore some functional data. I looked down. My midsection was covered in silver threads, sharp against blue-black skin. I let my head twist to lean closer to it. A low hum of fluid and electronics seemed to run under my skin. The sound was strangely comforting. The man had not returned. I blinked. He was then standing next to me, holding a metal device so close I could feel his body heat. Are all humans so warm? He held my forehead down and inserted it into my ear. Immediately I was awash in memories. Training classes, names, rules, identity flowed into me. Oh yes, I am TK0454675. I am a corporate police sergeant. Instantly, I relived my saved experiences, relived myself. I cleared my throat. Thank you. The engineer beamed. You are welcome. You're cleared for limited administrative duties until your stomach heals. Here. 
He leaned close again. I had a strange, disconnected flash of a girl with blue eyes as he stamped my forehead with his license number and a release for duty. The girl was gone. I blinked. Memory fragment from the upload, probably. He undid my straps, and I changed my uniform to brown, since I was on duty, and left. Chapter 3 The air tasted like salt today. Metal salt. A relief, since yesterday it tasted like sewage. I breathed deep and felt the heat in my throat. It was heavy and seemed more like liquid than gas. Dirt clung to everything and turned the atmosphere red hazy and thick in the sodium lamplight. I stayed still and tried to move into the shadows. No one was in the lower streets. It was too hot, too still, and there was barely enough air to breathe. Everyone tried to stay in the walkways above the broken ground where the residential units were. Still, people did live here. People hid here. Ramshackle units of corrugated metal and plasteel built 20 years ago as temporary housing endured. Sure, anytime corporate says temporary, they just mean cheap and permanent. Company housing in the modern era, at least for anyone who isn't management. I adjusted my faceplate more securely against my goggles and waited, listening. The music in my head was quiet, its rhythm still. Nothing yet. Nothing but the dull roar of the air ventilation systems under the smog load. They didn't help. I felt the sweat trickle down my skin suit, filling my water collection system. It made my skin prickle, and I shifted on the pallet irritably. I could see the ruins of the alleyway, but not the larger roads and not the walkways leading up to the mid-levels. It made me nervous not to have that line of sight. And, under my feet, I could feel the dim vibration of a recycle facility with its distinctive grinding metallic noises. It made my anxiety take up with every rumble. Query, feed me a dead cat. The words slipped into my brain and stilled my irritability. What? Even here in mid-city, graffiti, long white letters greeted me on a wall I hadn't noticed before in the shifting darkness of smog and poison. Feed me a dead cat, with a number six tacked onto the end. Query, feed me a dead cat, six. Query returned, not found. It disturbed me. I felt myself tracing the words again with my eyes and then with my hand as I got up to see it more closely, as if my fingers could read something else in the paint and the metal. Why does this does that seem familiar? Nothing. The memory slipped away from me before I could register it. My target wasn't here. I resisted the urge to look at my forearm again. The tracker wasn't wrong. It was tied directly to the station master and everyone knew the station masters couldn't make a mistake. She'll get here when she gets here. I let my mind go back to wandering. The city of the sea flexed around me. I heard hundreds of scrapes and voices, all avoiding me, hidden in the tenements and alleys, but making up a wave of sound beneath my own breathing. I waited, waited for that single rhythm that was my target, motionlessness. Poison and stagnant heat drifted around me in the undercity smog, and I stilled my brains, both of them, shutting down the AI intentionally. Too much information was distracting. I wanted to feel the patterns around me with no expectations, no anticipation, just potential and patience. There, a tiny hint of music, the faintest pattern playing against my closed eyelids. I opened my eyes, and there she was. She fought the smog, angling her body to try and protect her face, and wrapped herself with a scarf, obviously unprepared to go outside. 
Her clothes were too nice for Undercity, but too shabby for Mid. She wore colors. No one wore colors in Undercity, especially not here, near the warehouse district and rail yard. The smog had already stained her skirt with ribbons of black particulates, and her scarf was grimy gray-black instead of the blue-green it had once been. Who wears a dress in Undercity, I thought. The folds of cloth whipped around her legs as a ventilation unit roared on nearby, and she didn't have enough hands to protect her face and her modesty. I unfolded from my hidden corner and stood in front of her, left hand open as if to shake hers. She started. Did she honestly not see me? Good God, I'm a seven-foot-tall human-android hybrid. How did she miss me? Employee BL23376B. I let the goggles interface bring up her identity through the facial recognition software and compare it against the corporate uplink. Identity confirmed. She didn't say anything, but I felt the music in my head shift ever so slightly. Whatever she threw at me was obviously electromagnetic in nature. An ear-splitting squeal on contact and the tiny box lit up with a cold white light that shut down my implants. The sudden silence of my own mind was a relief, even as, even as it disturbed me. But that's all right. I move better in the quiet. Every movement has a rhythm, a flow, a pattern of offense and defense. Whether it's a conversation, a confrontation, a battlefield, it doesn't matter. The rhythm tells the truth when everything else lies. I hear it as music. Some of my classmates mentioned that they saw it as colored lines of sight. Others as odd taste combinations on their tongues. I danced. I kicked the box out of the way and moved towards the woman with a simple roll, sweeping her legs as I came to stand and calmly sat on her chest. One gentle motion of my left hand cut off her air supply as my right applied a tiny syringe. You are under arrest. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, you will be provided with one at the convenience of the court. She went still. I stamped her forehead with my username and date time, crossed her legs, and gently rolled her up onto my shoulder. I tapped my earpiece. Still down. What a bother. The woman was relatively light. I could probably just walk it back to the transport. No need to call anything in. She bumped like a dead weight on my shoulder as I moved through the streets back towards mid-level and the internment facility. Poverty, like always, made me feel some odd combination of guilt and anxiety. People didn't look at me, just moved as far as physically possible on the crowded pedestrian bridge and kept their heads down. One little boy, holding his dad's hand, stopped to stare at me. I tried to smile back before remembering my faceplate. His brown eyes met mine. I slowed down, wanting to say something encouraging, but his papa noticed. He jerked the boy into his arms and moved away from us. Just as well, I thought, I'd be afraid of me too, little man. But it still made me sad. Nonconformity identified. Chemical alteration activated. The station was a cool relief from the burning pressure outside. The outer halls were always quiet. Built for intimidation and as a buffer for a full-scale assault, the hallways were ballistic tile crowned with little irregular serrations where the blast shields could drop into segments, cutting off air and communications within ten-foot sections. One little serration hummed at me from eye height. I turned to it and let my thumb sink into the impression. The corporate symbol of a cross shield lit up green as I passed. Oh, good. Occasionally, I wondered if someone would fire me and just not tell me, let me get to the first murder hole and then... Boom. Saves on severance pay, I suppose. I turned toward the detention center. The color of the tile changed, but little else. Black to blue. 
The guard noticed me at the checkpoint and waved me through, locking the shield remotely as I passed through the gateway. I put the woman into the concrete cell and let the guard lock it behind me. He handed me a pad, and I let my umplinks implant slither out of my finger to manually download the arrest documentation. He raised an eyebrow at me, and I shrugged. My Bluetooth is down. She had an EMP device. Manual stuff is coming back faster than the wireless. Obviously not caring, he made a little grunt as I handed the pad back to him. I paused for a moment, but he didn't have anything else to say, retreating back into his plexiglass office box and opening the departure gate for me silently. Nice chatting with you too, boss. Whatever. I followed the blue tile back to the inner barracks lined in white. A small shiver against my skin suit made me glance down at my forearm. 1600. End of shift. The block letters faded after I noted them, disappearing back into the soft brown of the suit. Indeed. Another little serration blinked green as I stepped into the barracks. The common rooms were mostly empty as I moved towards my hallway. Mostly empty, but there were thumps and voices from the training rooms. I sighed a little. I was getting soft. I'll see if, Evan, if MJ is free tonight, and we'll spar. It's been too long again. I must be getting old. I pushed open my little paper door, closed it, and sighed in relief. The room held a small workstation, desk, and interface, chemical decontamination closet, two molded chairs, and a worn hammock above a footlocker. Home. I stripped off my boots and skin suit, hanging it delicately in the decom closet, and pressed the renewal cycle. The pleasure of feeling the air with my own skin made goosebumps rise up, and I shivered a little at the underground chill. I stepped onto the tatami, collecting my hygiene kit from the footlocker, as well as pulling on a short robe and headed to the bathing rooms. It was always busy at shift change. Everyone seemed in a hurry to get the suit off and clean for a minute. I waved to one of my classmates as I passed by the steam bath towards the washing fountains and got in line. TK Zero! The deep voice rumbled somewhere behind me as I waited impatiently for someone to finish up and free a faucet. I craned my head back to see a bear of a man waving at me. MJ, I waved back. Are you free tonight? Nope. Me and DD1 are teaching the babies at the academy. Shit. I smiled at him. I was feeling fat, wanted to see if you'd beat it out of me. He barked a quick laugh. Come with us. Even if you can't teach, you can always be used as an example of what not to do. Oh, real funny. Remind me. Who was it that used to help you with your exams all final year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a quick look at the bustling room. Where's Dee Dee? I'll say hi before you go. She's done. Got in early. Had to check in with medical. She's okay? Oh, she's fine. Runner took out one of her knees with a pipe, though, so she had to get a new hydraulic line put in. Pain in the butt. With those new exoskeleton joints she's got, it's gotta be expensive. Pain in the knee is more like it. Just then, the guy waiting behind me shoved me in the back. You gonna talk? You in the line to get clean. Pick a faucet or hang out with your buddy. I rolled my eyes and waved to MJ. Later. A quick scrub at the faucet and a long soak in the pool made me feel better. I leaned against the tile let the warmth soothe my genetically and mechanically enhanced systems, closing my eyes with the peace. Everyone was quiet. Soft whispers and laughter melded around me, but everyone knew that the pool was a place to relax and treated it accordingly, for which I was grateful. Work never used to be this hard before, I thought. I used to actually enjoy it. What happened? Or what? I couldn't seem to remember why I thought that or anything about before. My memories came up disturbingly blank. 
and I felt my thoughts shy away from digging any deeper. Why do I think it wasn't like this before? I wish I knew why. A small wave sloshed over me and I felt someone close. I opened my eyes. R9, as I live and breathe. How have you been? Pretty good, Zero. Pretty good. Haven't seen you in a while. Sit down, man. Tell me about yourself. What's new on the Federal beat? Whole lot of nothing. His metal skin shimmered under the artificial lights and movement of the water. A prosthetic hand, a gift from a drunk with a laser cutter, hung out of the water on the side of the pool, and his cyborg leg ran from hip to foot where he'd been crushed by a transport chasing after a runner. Nine, do you have more metal on you since last time I saw you? He chuckled and tapped a new plate reaching from his chest to the back side of his shoulder. Yep, got shot two weeks ago. Punched right through that new skin suit and through my pretty scales here. Blew up a couple ribs and they had to put a metal joint in. I told him to just armor the whole damn assembly. Probably won't be the last time somebody tries that tactic. Wow. He looked critically at me for a second. You don't look too bad. Nothing new? Nope. Lucky. I know. I ran my hand down my own exoskeleton leg and felt the metal threads holding my abdomen together. It looked almost pretty, like liquid mercury poured into burn scars, making a spiderweb pattern running from my neck to my hips. Just a matter of time before I looked like him. The stuff hurt so much I couldn't imagine getting a full skin graft, much less all the augmentation he's had to do. I wish I could remember how I got it. The thought almost disturbed me. Feed me a dead cat. I froze at the thought. It felt so familiar and some crawling unease started to sit in the back of my mind before I shrugged it off. You know, Nine continued to talk, Federal is looking for a new officer. It would be a promotion for you, Zero. Why would I need a promotion? Besides, I don't have as high a pain tolerance as you do. Federal would chew me up and spit me out. He chuckled. No, it's not that bad. I made a disbelieving noise. I promise. Besides, they partner you up with a nice human to help with public relations. It's not a bad gig. I don't know. Last time I even saw a human. I trailed off. I know, he said, going quiet for a moment. Look, it's none of my business, but you gotta let that shit go. It wasn't your fault. No? Whose fault was it then? I can't even remember what happened, and yet I waved to my midsection. Now I'm a goddamn art project. TK, don't get upset. It happens all the time to most of us. Sometimes you just lose memories. Like your brain gets overloaded. It's not a big deal. And it's none of my business, but seriously, come on. Are you happy going after the petty crap corporate sends you on day after day? He shook his head. If you're going to get hurt, wouldn't you rather do it for something that actually matters? Not just truant kids and losers who can't pay their credit bills? That bullshit is for the young and stupid. You aren't either. A quick pause. Just think about it, alright? I mean, Federal would at least let you use your brain occasionally and not just be a dumb bounty hunter for corporate bullshit. I'll think about it. I shrugged. Dead is still dead, though. Hurt is still hurt. I'm not sure if it matters how I spend what's left of my life. Jesus. He shook his head. You're getting stale. You need something new to work on. Quit being a stubborn jackass. You should know. You trained me. He smiled. Come up to the chief's office tomorrow after your training cycle and we'll talk about it. I narrowed my eyes. 
So when you were asking me to consider it, you meant you're not getting a choice. I just want you to think we give a rat's ass about your opinion. Yep, consider rank pulled. I knew I liked you, TK. I slapped the water at him, earning more ir earning me irritated glances from nearby bathers. Asshole, I whispered. Shh. Have some respect for your elders. The sly smile he gave me as he closed his eyes and rested against the pool made me feel better for some reason I didn't understand. I shook my head. I'm going to end up just like you, aren't I? Only if you're lucky, kid. Only if you're lucky. Come on, you assholes! Trainer's voice hurt my ears. Considering he was standing right next to me, I was vaguely surprised I could hear anything after it. Two more rounds to go. Zero, get your feet up. Did I tell you to stop? No. Feet up, Zero. Shit. My legs were shaking, holding the position, and all my muscles were trying very hard to give up. Switch! I rolled off my back and got into the ready position, standing in front of my new partner. One, one, two, leg takedown. Sprawl, ground and pound. Let's go. Five minute rounds. The bell sounded, and I felt my body lock into position as my partner leaned into the pad strapped to her hands, and my fists thudded into them in the pattern. One. Jab. Cross. Slip. Slip. One. Repeat. Sprawl. 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 TK0, if you short that combo one more time, I will beat you with a goddamn stick. You understand me? Yes, sir, I shouted back, trying to remember which combo we were supposed to be doing. You're on the cross, my partner whispered. You keep forgetting to sweep to go to the ground. I gave her a goofy smile with my mouthpiece half in and half out. Thanks. Sprawl, sprawl, sprawl. MJ5, I did not tell you to stop. What's wrong? Well, I don't give a flying fuck about your shin. Back on your feet. Ding. The bell chimed, and I stayed on the ground, letting my chest heave up and down. Switch. We're going to get those legs in the game now. One, two, four combos. Single leg squats. On the bell. Five minute rounds. Let's go. Sweat poured off everyone in puddles on the tatami. All I could feel was the steady thud of my fists against the bag or against my partner and the thump of my heart. I always liked training cycle. The world was so simple here. And getting to shut off all my implants and just run on pure muscle power was intoxicating. Ding! 50 plyo jumps and 50 push-ups on the bell. Ding! Switch! 10 straight punches high, double three, five combo. Tie it up with a kick. Don't care which one. Five minute rounds on the bell. Ding! That's it, last round. Leave it on the mat. Switch. Same as lap cycle. Ding. Very good, ladies and gents. Cool down lap and stretch at your own pace. We'll see you in a couple days. TK0, come here for a second. I rolled out of the sitting position and padded over to the old officer, wiping the sweat off my face with my gi sleeve. Hey, sir. What's up? He turned me to face the bag. Kick it. I did. He stopped my leg on contact and slowly rotated it to the correct angle. You're slapping the bag, not kicking it. Here. He dragged my leg forward until my shin was in contact with the canvas instead of my foot. This is the right spot. You've been getting sloppy since you got your new leg upgrades. Twenty-five on each side. Okay. I faced the bag and started. With the strikes, my mind cleared. The niggling sensation of doubt that had sat with me since yesterday got shoved down in a wash of sweat and pain on impact as my shins hit the bag. Redemption. For what? AR9 tells me that you would be a good candidate for the federal peace officer position that we have coming up. 
Chief's voice was oddly monotone, even for android hybrids, though it was pretty obvious there wasn't much human left in him anymore. Service had been very hard on him. I didn't respond. When speaking with those in authority, I only answered direct questions, and then only about what they asked for. Self-defense. He noticed the behavior, making a little, hmm, whirring noise in the back of his throat. I see. I also see you had some trouble a few years back. I didn't say anything. You seem to have recovered nicely from your partial reformat. Relatively low injury rate as well. You're not in nearly as much debt as most of your peers. Well done. He leaned back in his chair, letting his synthetic eyes focus on me with unblinking intensity. Combined with the metal synth steel that now made up the bones of his face, it was a fairly intimidating look. Do you want this, TK? You're qualified, and I think you would be a good match. But it's not running down thieves and contract breakers or malcontents in the slums. You may be put in political situations, scenarios that require some level of delicacy. You may have to deal with actual humans, not just clothes. Clones. And you will definitely have to enforce laws that wealthy humans don't see as implying to them. You'll be personally threatened, manipulated. Why would you want that? I don't. So you don't want the job? Well, I didn't say that. I struggled to put words to the feelings from yesterday, struggled to verbalize why I couldn't walk through the poverty and fear anymore without trying to make changes, without trying to understand. Didn't come up with halfway anything halfway useful, just... I'd like to try. If Nine says there might be a home for me, that I might do some good, I'll try it. Chief looked at the old officer and then back at me. R9 is a good officer. A lot of people trust him. He looked back down at the pad, waiting for his signature to my reassignment. There aren't a lot of us left, TK. I'd like to make sure the next generation has a fighting chance as well. He signed, pressing his thumb into the indentation, and instantly my implant threw up my new designation. My skin suit changed color to black. Welcome to Federal Peace Services. I'll contact my counterpart over at the human side, and we'll try and find a good partner for you. In the meantime, Shadow AR-9 on his missions. We'll get you trained up properly. I nodded. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Nine grinned at me. Welcome to the party, kid. Glad you could come. My little name card on my room had been changed. It used to be a bronze shield with my designation printed on it in bold black letters. Now it was a black wreath around gold letters. For some reason, the colors disturbed me, almost like an obituary. I stopped to look at it for a long moment. Congratulations, Zero. MJ had heard me come in. We'd been neighbors for a long time in the barracks. I sighed. He glanced at me and then said, Color scheme is a little depressing, huh? A little. MJ, this may have been a mistake. He shrugged. Chief asked you to? Hell, R9 asking you to is enough. What are you going to say, no? When did any clone ever get a choice? You might as well see what it's all about, right? I didn't say anything, but he didn't seem to expect a response. Just stood quietly with me for a moment, then placed my, a hand briefly on my shoulder and went back to his own room, closing the rice paper door softly. My black uniform felt suddenly too tight, too uncomfortable, and I ducked into my room to strip it off. Strange, just a couple hours ago everything felt normal. Amazing what a little color can do to your mental health. Nonconformity recognized. An unnamed worker in an unnamed location glanced up at a screen that should have been mindlessly scrolling with designation status reports. Instead, 
A particular designation had been sequestered, a bright error symbol overlaid on the number pattern. He touched the screen, bringing up the profile. TK0454675, chemical nonconformity rate exceeds useful service life. Chemical scrubbers deactivated. Violations 22.23, recorded. Partial decompositions 2, biological system override detection. Current status offline. Summary viable. The worker tapped in an override code to reissue server instructions to the clone and stalled the status return to online. He sat back, picking up his tablet for a moment, before again returning to the profile. Another few taps on the screen and the profile changed to a body outline, showing modifications, costs, and current capabilities against useful service life return on investment. He noted a small discrepancy in the organic computing model module. He put the tablet down and tapped his fingers on the desk for a moment, pausing when he saw that the clone had been recently promoted to federal service. The thing had used up two of its lives already. His fingers tapped again. This many nonconformities usually meant that the creature had achieved some level of individuality. He moved back to the summary page and manually changed its status. Summary. Initiate decommissioning. He went back to reading.